1: Back to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast, part of Ramstalk Radio and the Blue Hour Podcast Network. I am Steve Ribeiro. here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, as ex- as we all expected, you know, when we drafted Jared Goff in 2016, he is marching on to another NFC championship game. How how are we feeling, man? What a what a duel between two Rams legends up there in Detroit.
2: No joke, man. Uh, and and you know what? I'm happy for the guy. I, I know you were kind of rooting more for Baker, but uh, I had to I had to root for the old guy, uh, Goof. You know. <laughs> uh, you know, jokes aside, I am happy for him. I do hope that he gets a, a ring uh, because he doesn't have one. It would be nice for him and really the city of Detroit to have something to cheer about. So, yeah, um, why
1: not? The one thing that'll be annoying if they win is everyone will be like, wow, the Lions won the trade. And, like, yo, everybody already won the trade. Like, the Lions could lose in the next round. They still won the trade. We won the Super Bowl. We won the trade. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. And you could say, like, well, you could – maybe the Rams should have kept Jared Goff if he's a Super Bowl quarterback anyways – He would not have continued to develop if he didn't leave here. He would not have become this player. Uh, And there's still, as we saw, plenty of shades of the Jared Goff we know and love in there. You know, when the guy gets pressured, uh, he cracks a little bit. But as we always knew, when he's got a great offense around him and a clean pocket, he's a superstar.
2: Yeah, there's no question. And, yeah, I I never quite understood why this is still being debated, uh, as to, you know, why people are still saying, well, who won the trade? It, isn't it pretty obvious at this point? You know, uh, the Rams did win the trade, but so did the Lions. This was not, you know, one wins, one loses type of trade, and I think that's for the best. You know, the Rams got what they got in the. Um, in the trade, they got a Super Bowl out of it, which is something they haven't had since you know '99. So um, it, it's hard to really harp on that hill and say that they won or lost. I think it's pretty evident they won. Yeah, and,
1: and I don't, I don't care if the Lions win. Uh, I I am still salty. I was definitely rooting for Tampa Bay this week, pretty aggressively uh they lost i will not be rooting for the 49ers so <laughs> go lines i guess
2: i'm i'm happy to hear that you're not going to be rooting for the 49ers no
1: but but i do want the ravens to win cuz i love lamar jackson they they would be my pick right now but D- detroit deserves this despite the war happening on twitter between rams and lions fans
2: it's just twitter
1: (laughs) just just peak twitter uh today on the show we are excited for this one we're gonna run through uh the rams roster and kind of just you know table set what's to come in the offseason we're gonna go through every position talk about who's on the roster like who who is under contract and will be on the team next year Guys that they might need to make a decision on, whether that be a restructure or cutting to save cap space, or um, something else that I that I can't, oh, or extending players, which is really just one guy. Um, I did not include the players under futures contracts with the Rams, Johnny, because it just it just got kind of ridiculous at some point. So like, none of those guys are. Are on here. Also, have you ever heard of... What was this guy's name? Miller Forrestal?
2: I can't say that I have.
1: I was just going to the roster, like, on uh, on Over the Cap, which, by the way, all this information comes from Over the Cap, so if this doesn't end up being a completely accurate representation of what a restructure will save us on guys or what we would say by cutting guys blame them not me i don't have this info i'm just using a trusted source uh, but like when i scrolled past miller Forrestall, i was like who the fuck is this guy uh, he's a tight end at
2: alabama interesting uh yeah <laughs> why not we, we could use uh, all the tight ends we can get at this point.
1: We could, and the Miller-Forest of the World will not be reflected in this list. But, hey, I mean, I think we get right into it unless there's any any news and notes you wanted to hit. I Zach Robinson, uh, our past game coordinator, has been interviewing for some offensive coordinator jobs. Raheem Morris picking up steam with a couple teams, but he hasn't moved anywhere yet. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty much everything that's happened, right?
2: Yeah. I, I imagine that, especially with some of these, uh, head coaching positions, there, there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to be waiting for these final teams to get out of, uh, you know, the playoffs and the, uh, you know, super bowl so that they can interview some of their head coaches or some of their assistant coaches, Uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine any news is going to come at least not in the immediate, immediate future, maybe within a month or so. Uh, that's my guess anyway. Could be wrong. Yeah, I agree.
1: Did you know that (laughs) the Rams signed Tanner Brown to a futures contract?
2: I did. I heard, I heard about that.
1: Right. I was
2: like, wow, um... We want to go down that road again.
1: Oh, my God. There. There's something. There's something. Well, let's get into it. We'll start at the top. We'll do offensive and defense. Quarterback on the books is Stetson Bennett. Technically, they have kept whatever is going on with him very close to the vest. I'm not going to speculate. If he never plays another snap, you know, they could cut him pretty easily. Minimal dead cap. Uh, but he's the only guy on the roster, or no, he's not. Matthew Stafford's under contract too. We'll get to Stafford in a second. I'm sorry, that was a silly thing to say. Uh, Bennett will most likely be on the roster next year. Uh, will he be the backup quarterback? I doubt it. We'll talk about Carson Wentz in a second. Uh, but let's talk about Matthew Stafford because he's a guy I have as they'll have to make decision on whether or not they want to restructure Matthew Stafford uh restructuring him would save you quite a bit of money like 19 million dollars there was a report that he wouldn't restructure but i think that's been refuted by kevin demoff so who knows what's true who knows what's not uh you can restructure matthew stafford it would obviously wreck your future cap space a bit um if you don't restructure you can move on from him fairly easily in 2026. You could move on from him eating quite a bit of dead cap in twenty-five, but still saving money. Uh, you cannot move on from him this offseason, nor would they. I if you asked me before the season if they would restructure Matthew Stafford, I would have said hell no. But given that this this unit went ten and seven and was a point away from winning a playoff game. Like if we're wreaking havoc on the salary cap in 2026, I don't I don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> Do it up. <laughs> like uh if if Stafford's playing like you know, looking at Stafford this year, I think you I personally think Kiwi can get two years out of him at a Super Bowl caliber level. And if that's the case, if you can kick the can back to twenty-six and pick up some space this year. To try and contend, I think we saw enough from him that you should go down that route, especially if it's going to save you quite a bit of money. It's scary, and eventually, as we know, you'll have to deal with the consequences. But, you know, our window opened right back up, man. Like, we we are a very small amount of moves away from making a contender next year. And I honestly think they will try and restructure him. I don't know how you feel about it.
2: It it is a bit risky, uh, especially because, as we know, Matthew Stafford isn't getting any younger. But, damn, does he play still really good football. And and that's what ultimately matters. Because, you know, he is still under contract. And I think that the thought moving forward, even if uh, Stafford didn't play as well as he did towards the end there, uh, I still think that the Rams are so confident in Stafford's ability that they would be okay with restructuring him even still. But um, the fact that he is playing at a high level still, I think that's that's a good sign. That is a sign saying that maybe you should uh, make this investment. It is a risky investment by restructuring his contract. But by making this investment, considering that he agrees to it, you know nineteen million is a lot of money that you could use on quality players. And, and you don't again, you don't necessarily have to go on a shopping spree per se, but there are very glaring holes in this team. and if you start filling up those holes little by little, you got yourself a hell of a team. I mean, You're, like, an edge rusher short, uh, a quality corner short, and you still have draft picks. So, yes, go have at it, you know. Uh, Even if you have to pay for it later, like, during the 2025 uh, season, so be it, you know. And,
1: you know, I I think if it ends up being 25 or 26, the bright side here is you have – Puka Nakua, Steve Avila, Byron Young, and Kobe Turner all under contract through 2026 on rookie deals. You have Kyron Williams under contract on a rookie deal until 2025. So you finally have these stud young guys in the building on rookie contracts. This, you know, it, this is when you go all in. It's it's the saying is you usually do it when you strike gold with a rookie quarterback, and I'm sure we'll see that the Texans make some. Outrageous moves this off because they're going to be pushing it all in around CJ Stroud for the next three years, but we're already paying the guy at, at quarterback who's running the show, and then it's kind of like an inverse of that. Like we have this rock star draft class out of nowhere without a first round pick. You got to go all in, and I think you, you, I think you do restructure him. There's a, a there's a couple. Other restructures We're going to talk to you that I don't think are as cut and dry, but I think, you know, if you're going to win, it's with Stafford, and I I think the concern going into the season, because we didn't get a clear answer last year, was he had that elbow issue, can he get back to form, and the answer was yes. It was unequivocally yes.
2: Yeah, (laughs) no question. Yeah.
1: Carson Wentz is a free agent. I, how much money would you pay him to be the backup quarterback?
2: I think that the Rams are in position where they don't have to count their pennies as much as they have been. So now they can count their nickels instead of their pennies. Um, I, 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 and basically what I mean by that is yes, you still have to watch your money, uh, but can you spare a couple more million for a quality backup quarterback? Yes. Uh, in the case of Carson Wentz, did he do enough to, you know, command like a a pretty big backup quarterback contract? I don't know. Uh, would I be willing to spend like a one-year, like $8 million contract on the guy? I would probably pass, if I'm being honest. But maybe like a one-year, five-million-dollar contract, I'd totally be okay with that.
1: Yeah, I was thinking four and four or five years. I'd be, I'd be perfectly happy with that. I'm trying to look up just like guys who would be at comparable contracts. Taylor Heineke made seven million dollars this year. Mitch Trubisky made five point six. Tyrod Taylor made five point five. Stidham made five. That's insane. Andy Dalton made five, uh, Darnold four and a half, Drew Lock four, Mike White four, Jameis four. I would say he's probably in that four to five range. Um, I don't know why Stidham made got five,
2: but I don't either.
1: like Carson Wentz was available to us in what was it late October for free, and <laughs> not much has changed. You know he he proved that he could still play in the one game, but uh, I don't think he's going to command like anything more than five. And if he does, then you don't pay him. But I think you have now shifted from the mindset we had going into the season, which was like, let's see what guys are players going into next year. We can move some things and maybe be a contender. To now, we're of the mindset of we are going to try and full on be contenders next year. And when you go into a season with that mindset, you should pay for a backup quarterback. And I think Wentz, is, you know, Wentz is a very flawed quarterback. He was available in late October for a reason, but he's one in the NFL, and I think we can win games with him. Do I think if Stafford gets hurt, we can go to a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz? Probably not, but like he gives you a much better shot at winning games and getting the playoffs and potentially winning playoff games than a lot of other guys, especially guys that we can afford as backup quarterbacks. Uh, so I, I'll I,
2: pick him over Dresser Wynn.
1: <laughs> Dresser Wynn is back on a futures contract. He um, is. But like you know, we've seen over the last two years with John Wolford and Bryce Perkins and Brett Rippin. Like this is an important position to fill if you want to be a contender. And Carson Wentz is I would say a top 40 quarterback in the world. Maybe not top 30, but good enough to prioritize as the back quarterback. For sure. Running backs, running backs. We have on the books, Kyron Williams. I don't think he is up for a, I, sometimes running backs hold out for extensions in year three. I don't think Kyron Williams will. Um, so we're probably safe there. Zach Evans is on under contract. I was gonna like talk about how we can cut Zach Evans for like and save a little bit of money, uh, but I don't. I think it's a waste of time. Just know with like any guys like that, like him, Stetson Bennett. If those guys cut, you're you're fine on dead cap. Free agents. Ronnie Rivers is a early rights free agent, so I think he probably sticks around. Royce Freeman is an outright free agent. I would imagine they try to add another running back to the stable and don't bring back Royce Freeman. But if they have to prioritize money elsewhere, maybe they run it back with the same group. But I, I do think they'll try and add a, a backup who's better than these guys.
2: I, you know, I, I do think that uh, McVeigh has a soft spot for. You know, Ronnie Rivers and to uh to be fair, you know, Ronnie Rivers stepped up majorly this, this year. Uh maybe not a top tier backup or anything, but certainly a quality guy. Um and like you said, definitely not someone that they can't bring back fairly easily. So yeah, I, I think the the choice ultimately is do the Rams want him back or not, which I imagine they will. I do too Uh, the biggest question in my opinion will be freeman because whether we're thrilled about bringing him back or not one thing we have to admit is that freeman was serviceable you know during the time when you know williams and rivers was out with an injury and that does count for something you know, this this was a guy that was on the practice squad that got the opportunity over a guy that was on the active roster in Zach Evans. So, you know, uh, maybe you bring him back on the practice squad again. I, I wouldn't oppose that per se, but I am with you that I think it would be in the Rams' best interest to maybe bring in like a, a veteran backup to play alongside with uh, Ronnie Rivers um this way you can you know kind of strengthen that and not you know hand the ball off to williams you know 20 to 25 times a game
1: yeah i i think they will explore the free agent market um because as we've said on previous shows there's a lot of guys available and teams don't want to pay running backs so i think they keep their eyes on that maybe something happens like I don't remember how much Ezekiel Elliott got from the Patriots last year, but maybe like a you know, something kind of similar to that, where they waited out, maybe get a vet who's pro- somewhat productive on the cheap. Um, I would bet there will be no movement on the Royce Freeman front for a couple months unless somebody else poaches him up. But I think they'll try and sit out, sit around with that market if they can get a b- upgrade at a favorable rate. I think they would go for it. And if they can't, I think they just resign Royce Freeman. and, you know, this is the Rams we're talking about, probably draft another running back in the fifth or sixth round.
2: Because, you know,
1: imagine going, imagine the Rams going through a draft without drafting a running back, Johnny.
2: Uh, at least it's not like a number, like a third round pick or something.
1: I think they've drafted a running back in every year for the last five years, right? Henderson, Cam Akers. Did we draft Jake Funk in 2021? Uh, Uh, Then Kyron Williams, then Zach Evans.
2: And then Daryl Henderson
1: also. Yeah, Henderson, I said was, uh, unless I said the wrong name, was 2019. Ah, there you go. (laughs) So they'll probably draft somebody, knowing them. But I I, I would like them to explore that market. Uh, That's a conversation for a future podcast. Wide receivers, on the books, we have... Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, and Ben Skoranek, and we'll have to make a decision on Cooper Cup here. They can restructure Cooper Cup and save $12.5 million. But as we mentioned with Stafford, restructuring is kicking the can down the road, and you would have to pay the guy eventually. And with Cooper Cup, who had a... I don't want to say steep decline, but definitely a decline in production this year. He is already making $29 million. If you don't restructure him, you can cut him in 2025. You'd eat $17 million in dead cap, but you would save $12.5 million, uh and then you could cut him easily in 26. If you restructure him, it's going to become a hard contract to get out of, and... Kind of an albatross. Now, my gut tells me that they will still explore restructure because they love Cooper Cup. They believe in Cooper Cup. And if you're positioning the team to be competitive in 24 and 25, you know, kind of who cares if you end up with a really albatross Cooper Cup contract later in his career? because you're trying to win this year. You know, who cares about 2026? But it still terrifies me. And I think out of all the guys you can make moves with, this would be the one I'd be the most scared to do, because we mentioned last week, injuries definitely played a part into how he performed this year, but it's still hard to imagine he's going to become a $30 million player again.
2: You know, the kind of interesting thing about that is if you were to ask us this question last year at the beginning, uh who would you rather restructure Matthew Stafford or Cooper cup? The answer would easily be Cooper cup. Yeah. yeah, and now it's like, oh, uh, maybe that's not such a good idea. Uh, so I, I I tend to agree here. I think while it it's tempting to see all that green in front of you with uh, you know, saving so much money restructuring both Stafford and Cup's contract. But at the same time, I think, yes, it's fine to restructure one of them, but to do both is asking for trouble. I I realize that, you know, the mentality is win now, but you, you do have to have some sort of control. And I'm not sure you want to have these financial issues with both of these players down the road. So uh, as, as intriguing as it is, I would probably pass on restructuring cups contract and this way, you know, uh, hopefully he can develop and continue to, or well, I should say continue to develop and be that player that we know he can be. But, you know, injuries suck, man. And we don't know if this uh if these injuries are starting to get to him he it is something to consider. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I I, I think I, I definitely wouldn't want to restructure him. Um but I don't know, man. I am curious to see how all in they go. Uh now that they know they have kind of a, a squad over here. Free agents at receiver: Demarcus Robinson, Austin Trammell, uh, and Tyler Johnson is somehow a restricted free agent, which I, I don't understand how that's possible. But I like to see them try and bring back Robinson, though. Maybe they maybe they get a vet or something uh, to be the third guy. I mean, they have Tua Atwell. <laughs> they, I don't know. I. I think what more than likely happens is they bring back Robinson on a cheap deal unless there's a market for him again. This is a guy we got in June last year and while he played well for us, I don't know if he looked any better than he had in the in previous years. Like he looked like Demarcus Robinson. He's a productive wide receiver who will never be better than your third guy. And that's fine. I, I, I would I would love to bring him back. Um, my gut tells me with receiver, they re-sign him on a cheap deal and end up drafting somebody in like the third, fourth, fifth round, uh, just to fill out the roster. Because I think Skoranek will be a free agent after this year.
2: Andrew, right, I wonder Andrew, if Alan Robinson will be available.
1: I I don't give a fuck if he's available. I don't want him <laughs> back. <laughs> I wouldn't take his ass for free, dude. Odell, oh man, Odell's a free agent again, but uh, I think I don't. I'm not gonna say he's earned like a big payday, but I don't think we can afford him given our needs.
2: I, you know, I, I would love to have Odell back, but at the same time, do you really need uh, a top? Well, maybe he's not a top tier wide receiver, but uh, do you do you need a? Because this is a guy you you're gonna pay for. And ideally, you'd want him to be either your number one or number two guy. And I don't think he'd be either here. So, yeah, that's uh, it'd be sick to see him, Cup, and, and Nakua all on one team. But uh, I I don't think that's going to be an option.
1: Uh, if we were able to get him for like six or seven or even maybe eight million dollars, which
2: we don't I need do to invest. In yeah, we don't need
1: to invest that much money in a receiver, but I don't care. I would love Odell back. He'd be fucking awesome as the third guy in this group. That receiving core would be insane. But I He's don't thinking that little. No, yeah, I don't. I don't think we can afford. It. I mean, it's not. It's not the. There's some guys at the top of the free agent class like Mike Evans, T Higgins, Michael Pittman. Though I think he'll definitely get franchised uh hollywood brown calvin Ridley, those guys will probably get some money and then i think after that tier somebody will who needs a receiver and doesn't get any of those guys will talk themselves into a nice odell payday maybe the ravens keep him he's been great for them he might win a second super bowl yeah very likely to be honest yeah that'd be awesome um yeah that's receiver tight end uh, under contract, Davis Allen, Hunter Long. Uh Hunter Long again, a guy you can move on from pretty easily. They ha Tyler Higby, so obviously it was just extended. You could restructure him and save five point two million dollars. Um currently he's only under contract through twenty twenty five and has a void year in twenty six. I like his contract's not that bad. So I could go either way on here. If they have a good use for that 5.2 million, I'd be fine with restructuring him because it's it's not like Cooper Cup. Where it's it's not going to become the like such a terrible contract if you restructure it. Realistically, the money you are restructuring would probably go into a 2026 void year. And to me, the Rams front office should be going all in in the next two years and not caring if they have to repeat this exercise in 2026 uh, personally because the team was that good this year so i could go either way on higby uh i don't really love i don't they probably shouldn't have extended him in the first place but they did he's here um, the injury might will probably potentially scare them off from a restructure but something to think about and then Bryson Hopkins is a free agent who I don't expect back. You got any thoughts on the tight end unit, Johnny?
2: Yeah, I I do think that the Rams may need to invest at least in a little something at tight end, preferably a veteran. Um you don't have to go out there and sign a top-tier, you know, tight end free agent, but uh, an older veteran I think would be amazing, you know, to help, uh, maybe even mentor Davis Allen, uh, because we, we don't know how long, uh, you know, Tyler Higby's going to be out for how many, how much time I imagine he's going to miss a little time. Uh yeah. but we'll see, we'll see how much, you know, it could be a couple weeks, could be most of the season, if not all, uh, it, it was a terrible time to get, uh, you know, major injury like that, but happens. Uh just look at Odell. Yeah,
1: God. <laughs> and I, I don't know the severity of Hunter Long's situation, nor no disrespect do I really care. That should not <laughs> affect what we're doing here. <laughs> so I I agree. I would like to see them bring in a you know, even if they go the route of what they did with like Demarcus Robinson, Nikella Witherspoon and sign a cheap tight end in June. Uh, yeah, I'd be fine with that. I dude, Zach Ertz just signed with the Lions. Like, <laughs> you can go get Zach Ertz for free. I'd be happy. I'd be elated by that. I would too. Uh, yeah, I like it's it's a weird spot because you know you're not gonna unless you draft a tight end in the first round, which I do not think they're gonna do. You're not gonna get a guy who can be. You're unlikely to get a guy who's gonna be productive immediately in the event that Higby can't go or at least more productive than a second year Davis Allen would be. And so, and I think as we've talked about Davis Allen is good enough to try and develop as Higby's eventual successor. So yeah, I think you try and get a, a vet who can play football. Um, you know, Johnny Munt's going to be out there. <laughs> <if you could.
2: laughs> uh, well, a little fun fact here. There's only one tight end in this year's draft class that is worth Drafting in the first round, and that's a tight end out of Georgia, Brock Bowers. uh, There's no way he's falling to the Rams at pick 19. Yeah. yeah, No way. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we can get that out of our minds. Not that it should be (laughs) anyway, but any hopes uh, that we are drafting a tight end in the first round, I think can go out the window there. But yes, veteran tight end. Uh, whether it be like a Austin Hooper type of guy, you know, yeah. I I'd be okay with that.
1: We love that Hoop. Uh, yep. We're gonna get to the aligning a second and take a quick break here. To talk about our friends at Prize Picks. If you've been listening, you know all about Prize Picks. It's a daily fantasy app, but it's really you know it, instead of like your traditional quote unquote daily fantasy, this is basically giving you over unders and you're just making a little, little multi-pick parlay of your over-unders based on a spread that's being provided. You buy prize picks, and all you do is you throw in a couple players based on if you think they're going to score one touchdown, you take the over. If you think they're going to score no touchdowns, you take the under, uh, and you parlay those together, and you have a chance to win a payday. And you're not playing against other players. You're just playing against the lines, Provided to you by Prize Picks. If all your picks hit, you win a nice payday. If one of your picks doesn't hit, you still get money, and that's and that's awesome. And it's well, I just bang. I'm banging the table for Prize Picks. You, <laughs> it's it's really simple. It's really easy to play. You literally just download the app or go on the website. And if you want to get in the action with our promo code, you put in the promo code Ramstalk R A M S T A L K. And you use that code and you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. So if you put in $100, you get $200 to play with. That's what we call free money. So if you want to get in the fun and listen, if you need something, if you've got a really tough playoffs and you need something to help you get through 49ers Lions this weekend like I do, I would recommend you get prize picks down the app. Use our promo code RAMPSTALK and... Have a day, listeners. Uh, We're going to throw it to one more sponsor quick and get it back to the show.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Okay. We're back. Offensive of line, Johnny, I'm just going to group them all together. The, the We have five guys currently under contract. Um, the two that are just straight up here with no decisions to make are Steve Avila and Warren McClendon. Rob Havenstein can get you $7.7 million in cap space if you restructure him. He's basically got two years left on his deal and then a couple void years. Um, so he's pretty much uncuttable no matter if we restructure him or not. And so, again, if the mentality is we don't, we're going to eat our meta medicine in 26 I think it's a pretty easy decision to restructure him get that money back he he looked great this year uh he could break down at any minute but I don't anticipate it and I think it's a negligible charge here if you restructure him and it doesn't work out
2: I I wouldn't oppose the idea of restructuring uh uh Havenstein because he just reminds me of a guy that you can rely on even even though he's kind of uh, been around for quite some time. Reminds me of, like, Roger Saffold, who was with the team forever uh, before they moved on from him. Uh, but definitely a guy you could rely on. And in when you have that kind of faith in a guy, you know, what's restructuring 7.7 million, you know? That could very much go into uh, – Uh, Another player that you could help you, you know, do a Super Bowl run,
1: dude. Not, not to derail the conversation here, but Roger Saffold made the Pro Bowl last season and just like wasn't really in the NFL this year. Like he was, he signed with the Jets on Halloween on their practice squad, uh, and then ended up getting released from their practice squad and then signed with the. Browns practice. squad. how is that fucking possible?
2: That is interesting. I didn't realize that. Was he Um, just
1: like given a Pro Bowl nod because he played for the Bills and they ran the ball well? Like, that's crazy. He's old, but still.
2: Yeah. And I I think that might be it is just he he can't keep up anymore. Maybe. I, I don't know. It is kind of strange to go one year Pro Bowl and the next year bouncing off practice squads especially from teams like the Jets and the Browns uh, who could absolutely use uh, an offensive guard. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean I suppose all good things come to an end at some point.
1: If he's free, bring him home. We could use him because the next guy here is our backup guard, Joseph Noteboom, who you can cut And you'd eat $15 million and you could save $5 million. Now, I do want to preface this by mentioning that Alaric Jackson is a restricted free agent. I think they'll tender him and keep him around uh, pretty easily. But Kevin Dotson's a free agent. Coleman Shelton's a free agent. Uh, I misspoke on the pod last week. I said Coleman Shelton another year. It's actually a void year that was triggered by like snap counts or something this year. Uh, So he's a free agent. Tremaine is a free agent, but that doesn't really affect this discussion. And so, like, I feel like, like, to me, would you rather have Joseph Boom or $5 million in cap space? I think it's $5 million in cap space. But if you can't get Kevin da- – let's say, hypothetically, Kevin Dotson does isn't re-signed. Somebody else signs him to no point of – getting into why that would happen, but like, if that happens, would you still want to cut Joseph Noteboom and save $5 million?
2: Uh, no, no. I, I think that at that point you're going to want to keep as much uh, familiarity as you, as you can. Obviously the goal in this case would not be to um, use Uh, no boom as your starter per se if you don't have to but um obviously the rams will need to invest in an offensive guard at some point maybe they i mean they're in a good position to draft an offensive guard they don't necessarily have to use their 19th overall pick well i think
1: i think in in i think kevin dotson will be the guy they invest in ultimately but for sure um
2: but yeah, but it's not a guarantee. Blocks. Yeah. I, I think I think it's not a guarantee. Uh because as much as I, I think that's the plan that the Rams are, are going to um you know make Dotson a priority as they absolutely should, there's gonna be a lot of teams that will overpay for him, and that's what I'm afraid of.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I'm interested to in what happens. I I would be fine with giving him like a legitimate payday, uh, because because he here on that money. And yeah, if if he walks, I kind of would still rather cut note Poom and draft a guard in like the second round, maybe, maybe even the first. Well, if if you draft a lineman in the first round, it's got to be a left tackle, right?
2: Not necessarily. At I mean,
1: 19, or you could trade back, get a guard later, but. I don't know.
2: It's it's an interesting dilemma because uh, as far as left tackles this year, there are some quality guys, but they're not plentiful. Uh, there are a lot of tackles that played left tackle in in, uh, in college, but are going to have to switch over to either right tackle or interior lineman. So that's where it gets a bit dicey. Um, but there are some quality guards in this year's draft, and you don't necessarily have to draft a, a guard 19th overall, but if you see a guy that you absolutely cannot be without, depending on who's available and who the Rams sign in free agency, I say why not? Uh, but overall, the goal is to hopefully not get to that point and just sign Dotson. But we'll see. Uh, So let me play a little bit of Devil's Advocate with you here, Steve. Would you be willing to make Dotson the number one, um, the highest paid offensive guard in the league? That's a
1: good question. Who is the – what was that this year? Let's see.
2: I want to say it was Brandon Sheriff years ago. But I don't I think he was toppled by now.
1: Uh Quentin Nelson made twenty million at left guard. Chris Lindstrom on the Falcons made twenty point five million at right guard. Uh Brandon Sheriff, who you mentioned was sixteen and a half million. Zach Martin's up there at eighteen
2: point four. Uh no, I would not. So, would you? so you wouldn't you wouldn't uh what would be your cap for Dotson? I would pay him like 12 ish. If we have to go a little
1: higher than that, um, if it's a long-term contract and we can be play fast and light with the money there and like backload it so that we can still bring in some quality guys over the next two or three years, I'd be, I'd be okay with that. Uh, Would you pay him 20 mil a year?
2: I don't know if I would, I, I see his value. And that's, that's kind of where, where it hurts because um, if he has a good agent, which I imagine he does, he, he kind of has the ramps by the balls here, man, because yeah. he's like, look what I did. What, look, what I have brought to your team. I brought stability to your offensive line and I know I can continue this in the future.
1: Yeah, but it's like, what what did he play, like 12 games? Uh, And, you know, I think he's legit, but this is a guy who was on the Steelers for a couple years, and they they, they traded him because he wasn't going to start. So, like, I would pay him. I think he's earned a payday. uh, I would not pay him elite guard money. I would pay him very good guard money. Uh, I would not pay him elite guard money and that's not 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 a knock on him. Uh it's just that's that's a lot of fucking money, man.
2: It is. It, it it's it's a lot of money, but ooh, it I I mean we kind of mentioned that the Rams' o-line was, was pretty freaking good. Um but do you want another like Austin Corbett effect where the Rams brought him in and then the Panthers signed him?
1: I, I, no. it, it depends on the money. I, I you, you can't make him the highest-paid guard in the league. That would be fucking crazy, in my opinion. And I love the guy. I want to keep him here. That would be insane. Because, Johnny, uh, let's put it this way. You have the 19th pick. You can draft a guard at 19 and pay an edge rusher 20 million, or you could pay Kevin Dotson 20 million and draft an edge rusher. I think you pay the edge rusher or you pay the cornerback and you draft his replacement in the first round. If you have to go that route,
2: there's definitely options. So, yeah. uh, in- interesting. I-, I, I am curious. I-, I feel like this should be a poll.
1: Yeah. We'll put it out to the listeners. Um, other offensive lineman Brian Allen. If you cut him, you eat three point one million dollars, you save four point nine, bye. See you later. Not Please even cut. not even worth having a conversation about. Um Alaric Jackson, restricted free agent, as we mentioned. They'll they'll tender him, they'll probably keep him. He'll probably be the starting left tackle this next year. But that could change. We'll see. Topic for another podcast. Uh Coleman Shellan is a free agent. I don't know what's gonna happen there. Um, I think, like, do you think he'll get a payday? Like, I feel like we can get him back on a pretty extremely reasonably, reasonable contract.
2: I don't see teams beating down the door to get him. Not like, you know, Dotson. Uh, but I, it's kind of, it's kind of a double-edged sword there. Do you want to bring him back? Continue to do a pretty good job, or do you want to try and upgrade the position?
1: Yeah, I think it I think it depends on what's out there and what we can afford. And I think really with him it's like A, what's he gonna cost? And B, you know assuming that we're putting a decent chunk of money towards Dotson, I don't think we are going to invest big money into offensive linemen this year. Maybe you draft a center early I don't think that should necessarily stop you from re signing Shelton. Um, cause if you're assuming it's not going to be a crazy payday. And I just think like we're about to get the <laughs> 15 minutes into the podcast, we're about to get to the defense. Uh, but there are, there is much more money we need to spend on the defense side of the ball than the offensive. And so I wouldn't love if we paid a premium for
2: center this offseason. So, so let, let's, uh, I know we're kind of running a little over on offense here, but one one more uh, one more thing. So let's say the Rams bring back uh you know Shelton on a reasonable contract. Um, you know, now that it's pretty much decided by you and, and myself because you know we, we, we're good friends with less need and we we tell them what to do and all. Um now that we decided that Brian Allen is cut. Uh, do you think that the Rams ultimately invest in a backup center or do you think that they still try and cross train just in case, uh, you know, something happens to Coleman Shelton?
1: I think they will, no matter what happens with all these other guys, uh, if, if the presumed route is resign Kevin Dotson, bring back Shelton on a cheap deal, cut Joe Noteboom, I think they will invest in a interior offensive lineman in, like, between the third and fifth rounds uh, to try and be a backup there. And Steve Avila played a lot of center in college. I don't really want to change his position, but, like, he could step in at center probably if needed, uh, if, if that's the route we go. But I think you kind of have to bring in a backup. I don't think we should pay like any meaningful dollars in for agency to a backup at these positions. But I I think they'll, I think they would draft somebody.
2: No, I, and I wouldn't suggest bringing in like a, a veteran center or something to be a backup, but maybe you look at a rookie center uh, or, or maybe a backup guard uh, who could also play center, you know, basically your Tremaine Ancrum replacement. If you uh, want to do that
1: we like we're gonna eat 3.1 million dollars in dead cap is it like unprecedented for uh, uh well i don't know like yeah like with dead cap the money you're eating is the money that goes to the player right like is it unprecedented if they just went to brian allen and we're like we will give you four million dollars and you stay on the team and that's the end of the day
2: uh, and then in theory I,
1: you're signing brian allen for like one million dollars because you're eating that money no matter what
2: i i don't know if i like that to be honest i think i <laughs> don't
1: want brian I, Allen back at all
2: i because there's a reason why we don't want him back
1: i'd be fine as a backup center like i guess but i'd rather just draft somebody yeah watch yeah. your hands let the man move on um but if t- I don't really know how often teams do stuff like that. Like, I think they do sometimes um, if they're going to cut a guy and he's, he's obviously, like, not going to get paid. Um, I think that does happen sometimes. Like, I feel like so- there was a somewhat similar situation with Michael Thomas this year with the Saints. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Let's talk about the defense. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it, this is going to be a lot faster because there's not as much – things to discuss. Uh interior defensive lineman on the books you've got Bobby Brown, Kobe Turner, Sean Johnson, uh Aaron Donald also on the books. He's in an interesting situation because he has a giant void year in 25 and so you can restructure him and save $13 million, but that money just goes into more void years. Uh he's in a contract year though, like dude, I feel like he's going to get an extension. I feel like nobody's talking about that. Uh, I feel like if maybe he doesn't do an extension because he might make this year his last year, but with how much fun that mad man had, I could see them extending him to like 26. Uh,
2: I I would honestly hope it'd be longer.
1: Uh, maybe. Uh, I would I would pay him as much as he wants for how long as he wants.
2: I mean, he's kind of earned it. Yeah,
1: and I think, luckily, like, I'm not saying that we're going to lowball Aaron Donald, but... You can't. We have paid him his worth, and, like, if we, at, at 33, if we extend him, like, it's not, I can't imagine it would be, like, a historically gigantic contract extension like his previous two contracts, right? Like, it would be a shitload of money, but it. I, he's not going to be, like, record-breaking, on his extension. I not. Yeah. Who knows though? Von Miller got six years, $120 million from the, the bills or whatever the fuck it was. So uh, I don't know how much it would cost on this, ex- on an extension if they do it, but like do it, who cares? We're good. Jonah Williams is a restricted free agent. Uh, is there a limit on how many guys you can tender? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Well, then he probably gets tendered and brought back and you run back. The same interior defensive line group, more or less.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't think that there's a lot you need to go out and do other than, you know, maybe replacing a, uh, or, yeah, replacing a few backups. But uh, I think the starters are pretty much solidified.
1: Yeah, they'll they'll find a body somewhere. Uh, I don't know if they'll use any meaningful draft capital or free agency money on it, but they'll add a guy for sure. On the edge, uh, probably our biggest, one of our two biggest positions we need to invest in this year, Byron Young, Nick Campton, Keir Thomas, O'Shawn Mathis, all under contract. One of those guys is, it matters to this. Uh, Byron Young, he's pretty much locked in, I think as a starter in this group next year in free agency. You've got Michael Hoyt, Ernest Brown, Laryl Murchison. Michael Hoyt, is he restricted or unrestricted? I did not write that down. Give me one second because that's that's definitely relevant. Uh, He's restricted. So I think Michael Hoyt will be back next year. Uh, We don't really need to talk more about Michael Hoyt because we've said the same things about him for the last three months. Uh, But a guy I'd like to have back on the team as a— rotational guy around Byron Young and whoever we bring in as an edge rusher, And the
2: other two guys. I'd like to whatever. go back to defensive linemen, but that's just me. Yeah,
1: but use them as a hybrid. Use them as both. Uh, just stop putting him in coverage. And this is a position we need to upgrade. And we are going to talk relentlessly about this for the next couple of months. So we don't have to do it today. Uh, inside linebacker, Jake combos on the roster. Ernest Jones, on the roster, contract year, I, it's, it's been a while since the, the, when's, who was the last defensive player the Rams drafted and extended? Oof. It's
2: been a fucking uh, long
1: time, right?
2: Yeah. Um. The last linebacker was
1: James Laurinaitis. Oof, uh, but I can't wow. even remember who the last, like, player was. I'm pull up there. Aaron dude.
2: Donald,
1: dude. It, I, I, who was Al? Al Tree was before Aaron Donald, right? Uh,
2: yes. Uh I think so. Uh,
1: let uh, this is uh, I dying to know this. Um, so <laughs> Ernest Jones was what twenty one. So yeah, nobody in twenty twenty. Assuming they don't bring Jordan Fuller back, which we'll talk about in a second. Nobody in 2019, Greg Gaines, Nick Scott, David Long, they all walked, Taylor Rapp. Nobody in 2018, Sebastian Joseph Day walked. Nobody in 2017, John Johnson walked, Samson Ebu walked. Nobody in 2016, that draft class was basically just Jared Goff and Tyler Higbee. Nobody in 2015, Rob Havenstein, Todd Gurley, they were extended, uh, no defensive players. So it was literally Aaron Donald was the last rams drafted <laughs> defensive player to get signed to an extension that is fucking crazy that was 10 years ago wow that is that... insane
2: <laughs> holy wow. shit uh wait wait does michael brocker's count he was 2012
1: ah yeah, Michael Brocker's 2012, he got signed to an extension. Al Gogletree 2013, I believe, got signed to an extension. Um Tremaine Johnson got franchised twice. But they yeah, they were all so those would be the only guys under less need that were drafted and signed to extensions. Robert Quinn was the year before less need uh, if you want to count him, but that's that's insane. That's actually like one of the craziest stats I've ever figured out.
2: <laughs> yeah, and uh Ernest Jones might break that mold considering they actually break the bank for him.
1: He I I think he will and I think they should and I I actually think like this is the first Rams rightfully defensive player that like seems like should get extended. He's a really important part of this defense, you know. When we had Corey Littleton, he Got a payday from the Raiders, and we wanted him back. But, like, you know, hindsight that was obviously the right move, but didn't seem likely. Like, Ernest Jones is a way more valuable player to this team than Corey Littleton was when he left. Uh, I, yeah, he's the he's legit, he's a stud, and having him means that you can punt inside linebacker in off seasons forever. Which, if you're a long time listener to this podcast, you know they love to do is not invested inside linebackers. Uh so I will take it as a personal attack if they don't extend Ernest Jones. Um I think they will negotiate with him and honestly, and this is the first time we've said this in years too. He probably gets franchise tagged if they don't extend him. <laughs> Who's the last guy we franchise tagged?
2: Tremaine Johnson. <laughs> it
1: might it might be uh yeah. You know that might be right, Jesus.
2: Wow, I and that's a name too.
1: Yeah, he was he was hey he was good. Signed a big contract with the Jets and then just fell off a cliff.
2: <laughs> that seems to happen a lot, doesn't it?
1: it? Yeah, so that's the thing too. Like I, I think Ernest Jones is good enough that it's not going to happen. But all of these kind, barely any of these guys deserved extensions. Yeah. Like, no. what, what we loved Sebastian Joseph Day, would have loved to keep in. He got fucking cut this year. Like, it's it's not, and none of these were the in, were really incorrect decisions. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, obviously, they extended Jalen Ramsey, but they didn't draft him. Uh, they extended Leonard Floyd. They didn't draft him. So, not, not yeah, I don't know. It's still insane. That's still an insane stat. Uh, Christian Roseboom is a restricted free agent. I, don't, I, I truly don't give a shit what happens there. Uh, if he's back, great. If not, okay. Troy Reader is a free agent. I'm just assuming he'll be back because we can never escape the guy. <laughs> Cor- cornerbacks. This is sad because we have a lot of cornerbacks on the roster, Johnny. Kobe Durant, Darian Kendrick, Sean Jolly, Trey Thompson. I think that's the group we're bringing back the most guys. And it is the worst unit on the team. I I think we're going to do probably going to start our player grades next week. So we will talk a lot about a couple of those guys for sure. Uh, They're free agents, Akella Witherspoon and Duke Shelley. Akella Witherspoon is interesting, man. Like, do you think he's got like value now on the free agent market? Like, I don't know if he did enough. Uh, I would love to have him back in like on like a $4 million deal uh, to play because he he showed a lot this year. He showed to me that like he can be a starting cornerback and he just he cannot be the starting cornerback. Like he cannot be your cornerback one. He cannot be at the top of the depth chart. Uh if they don't add a top of the depth chart cornerback, I I don't can't imagine what they would do instead because this is just like so blatantly the biggest position in need. Uh but I would love to have Akello back. I just, you know, if he's getting a real like multi-year over six or $7 million contract. I, I don't want any part of that.
2: You know, the funny thing is if if you asked me earlier this year, uh, you know, maybe like week five, week six, I would have told you that Witherspoon was a, you know, must sign, uh, you know, this offseason. And to an extent, I guess you could say he is.
1: Yeah, I, st- must- I still
2: want him back. I still want him back. Yeah, uh, but let's face it—the priority is is uh, Dotson. Uh, that being said, I would love to have Witherspoon back, but kind of on the same note as as Steve, do I really want to bring him back to a multi-year, you know, absurd contract? No, and I I don't think he's going to get that uh, based on how he kind of finished the season. Uh, he was kind of picked on towards the end of the year, and rightfully so because, uh, you know, he was surrendering big plays. Now, some of that wasn't his fault, but there was quite a few that was. So, uh, Akela Witherspoon, I think, is still a quality player. I don't think he should be the number one guy, but I do think he he should be a starting cornerback. And I think if you find that nice trio – uh, find your number one guy, along with uh, you know Kobe Durant. I think uh, you have a good young squad. I, I don't.
1: Uh, I, I'm. I think I'm fully and completely out on Kobe Durant, but that's a really? conversation. What did he do this year?
2: Uh, <laughs> I I I'm, I'm not going to sit here and suggest that he was uh, you know a, an amazing player because he wasn't. But at the same time, I don't know if it's a good idea to give up on the guy just yet. It was just a sophomore season.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not full. Well, I guess I just say I'm fully out. I, that's dramatic. But I think they should sign a cornerback, resign a Caleb a Spoon, and draft a cornerback with a relatively high draft pick, like first, second, third round. Uh, because this unit fucking sucks. Like they are just they're bad. <laughs> Uh, and Kobe Durant was a guy who we all pegged for a breakout candidate, and I don't know if he got any better. No, and part he, of that, really didn't. yeah, and part of that is because he's trying to fill Jalen Ramsey's role, which is like you know never going to happen. So I think if you, yeah, if you bring in a stud and he's the third guy, uh, I'd be more, I'd be interested to, to try it again. But I think they have to add more than one cornerback because nobody on the roster is good. Maybe Durant can be. Maybe Trey Tomlinson can be something. Uh, nobody has proven anything yet.
2: I I do think I agree with you though. I I do think that it's within the Rams' best interest to bring back Spoon on a weather, uh on a you know reasonable contract, and then draft a a you know a top tier corner at least as uh, as good as they can get which I think they can get some pretty good guys at pick number 19. So, you know, I, I'm pretty yeah. confident there.
1: Yeah, I, I would literally be fine if they paid a cornerback and still drafted one at 19. Like, shore that shit up. Uh, it, 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 we need a cornerback. We need an edge rusher. Those are top priorities. Get them however you can. Get as many guys as you can. I don't care. Uh, and then we'll figure out the rest later.
2: So so one, one, more, one more question before we move on, Steve. Do you pay in free agency? Do you go all out on a free agent edge rusher or on a free agent cornerback?
1: I, You're a better draft guy than me. I feel like the odds of you getting a guy who will become an elite corner at 19 are higher than an edge rusher, right?
2: Typically speaking, yes. Yeah. So – it, it, so for the, um, for edge rushers, in my honest opinion, uh, for the first round, there are five guys Yeah, five guys. Uh, there are five guys that, um, in my opinion are worth drafting in the first round. And if, and I'm sure at least one of them will be, uh, available at pick 19, but, um, Again, uh do you want to invest in in a in a top-tier free agent edge rusher who will cost significantly more? Uh, or do you want to kind of try and do that uh sort of rookie uh quarterback money, but in this case rookie edge rusher money, uh, and then build on around that? Um food for thought, you know? Yeah, it's tough. And I think like
1: it, it, it's interesting because I think like at, like I think you pay guys at both positions, um, and I think you try and sign. I don't know if it's the edge rusher or the cornerback you do this with. You try and sign one of the guys on a long term deal. Like we almost gave up two first round picks for Brian Burns a couple years ago. You know, if that guy hits the market, they're going to make him a gigantic offer. At least that seems kind of obvious. Um, I think you try if you can get a young guy out of position. You pay him. You blow it up. You blow up the bank. You draft the other in, in the draft high, or in whatever position you don't give a long term contract. You try and do something like they did with like Leonard Floyd in the past, where you give him a bloated one year deal if you have the cap space to do it. Um, which we still got to figure out what their cap space is going to look like. Um, but. I think you you need to sign guys at both positions, even if it's not a huge payday at one of them, uh, and then draft whatever you don't invest on. I like if they sign the edge rusher and draft an edge rusher high, that's fine. If they sign a quarterback and draft a cornerback high, that's fine. If they don't sign a cornerback, I'd be fine with them drafting cornerbacks with their first two picks. You know what I mean? Like they're just monumentally important positions that we need we're in a slightly better place at edge rusher because we have byron young but like if you add in a a, if you add a brian burns a a daniel hunter uh and if if you fucking bring back leonard floyd like that group just elevates so much um and so yeah i don't know i'm excited to talk about that in the next couple weeks
2: I, I had another follow up question, but I think we're going on too long, so <laughs> we'll just we'll just finish up uh <laughs> we'll finish up the, the rest of the players here. Write it down. Uh
1: well the next one's safety. We have Russ Yease, Quentin Lake, Jason Taylor under contract. <laughs> Not the best group. And I think they'll draft somebody here uh in the mid rounds or, or sign a bet. Jordan Fuller is a free agent. No way. Right? Like no way he's coming back.
2: I, Unless you can get him for nothing, which I'm sure you could. I, I don't see teams beating down the door for him. But I then again, they, I didn't see, I think I didn't see teams contract. beating down the door for Tyler Rapp. And, and you know, like, you know, the Bills ended up signing him. So
1: they He got like nothing, though, right? Uh, no, but... I think Jordan Fuller is going to get a decent contract. Yeah, Taylor Rapp's on like a one-year 1.7 million dollar deal i think jordan rap <laughs> or jordan jordan rap jesus uh jordan <laughs> i think jordan Fuller will get a um like eight million dollar range multi-year deal you know he played oh great, God. he played. Good he's league. that much i definitely don't want him no back. i i don't i don't think he's coming they never resign safety. i mean we just did that whole thought experiment like they never resign safeties no let's, let's need never re- extended to safety so, uh, he's gone. They still always find good quality guys. Yeah. Yeah, this is the one position, like, I, they will figure it out. Uh, I don't I – they'll figure it out. They always figure out safety. John Johnson, free agent, I don't think there's going to be a big market for him. I'd, I'd be fine if he was back. He played okay.
2: Yeah, I, I think that the Rams will ultimately bring him back. I don't know if he's going to be a priority, but – um, I also don't think teams are beating down the door for him either. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I imagine he'll be back on, on a relatively cheap contract. So, yeah, I, I'm totally okay with bringing back, you know, John Johnson. Uh, and then just kind of figuring out, you know, with the safeties they have on the roster, you know, who's going to end up being the starter. Um, there's a few, few to choose from if they decide to, you know, pursue a, a you know a rookie uh in like the third or fourth round i'm i'm okay with it uh yeah it, i'm not worried about safety at all
1: yeah they'll they'll draft a safety at some point in this draft i don't expect it to be that high i don't expect it to even be before day three just because like all these other positions we ran through but you know they will add one Special teams, I got – I apparently was delirious when I wrote this because I wrote Zach Evans is on the books. Uh, I meant Ethan Evans. <laughs> uh, and Brett Maher is a free agent. He will – I cannot imagine any kicker that attempted a field goal for the Rams will be back in 2024. And, like, we don't – there's no point in going on this rabbit hole again. They just – they need to take this seriously. If you're going to be a contender, you need to take the take kicker seriously and either pay somebody or god forbid, draft somebody
2: before the 7th round. Yeah, I I I wouldn't even necessarily want them to draft a kicker. It'd be nice for them to get, go seek a veteran and a serious veteran not a Brett Maher or a Mason Crosby. You know, those would have been exciting names like, you know, 10 years ago. Well, at least Crosby would have been anyway. Uh, But as of now, go after a serious free agent. You have money now. You don't have to make them the best or the highest paid kicker in the league, but at least try uh i'm curious uh i I haven't even looked at free agent kickers but uh, i'll take a look right now
1: cammy fairbairn will lutz (laughs) greg Zerline, nick folk greg joseph brandon mcmanus joey sly randy bullock chase mclaughlin
2: camera dicker not a great class i'm not gonna lie (laughs)
1: not the best mclaughlin would be nice uh uh, Lutz
2: would have been nice, like, five years ago.
1: Yeah, let, uh, Fairbairn I would take. Um, but I don't, I oh. don't think he'll actually hit the market. Um.
2: Former Bruin, I'll take him back.
1: Nick, Nick Fulk, like, I guess. If he's, like, fucking 40. Oh, uh, man. Greg Zerline, yay or nay? Uh, I would take him over Maher. Yeah, I would, t- i would take him over, like, the alternatives. Uh, I, I'd uh, take him over Tanner Brown. Greg Zerline, at least, like, dude, like, we've always said this. He is as likely to make a kick from 30 yards as he is from 60 yards.
2: Which is incredible to me.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's – I haven't watched – I didn't watch a lot of Jets this year. Uh, I don't know if he's still got that boot like he did when he was here. But I, Greg Zerline, after the NFC Championship in 2018, he we, we could pay him whatever he wants. <laughs> I don't give yes. a fuck uh bring him home sure okay we did it johnny it only took us 75 minutes but we did it
2: Ah, if you guys stuck with us the entire time get yourself a cookie you deserved it you earned that cookie uh but you know that just means more off season talk to uh to come and uh And my voice is shot, so uh, I'm just going to let Steve finish this up. Yeah, we did it.
1: That was fun. I had a good time. Uh, You you know where to find us on Twitter, at Rivera at Johnny596, at TalkRams. We'll talk to you all
0: next week. Player grades, they're coming. Stay tuned. Goodbye.